Hello and welcome to Southside Printcast. My name is Hannah Fresgard and I'm delighted to present this podcast brought to you by the people behind the Southside Fringe Festival. Is theatre the icing on the cake or do we have a part to play? In this episode, Stuart McPhee is speaking to Aileen Duncan and Alison Couston from Baldy Bain Theatre. Baldy Bain Theatre's aim is to empower all generations through the arts by using theatre as a tool to encourage positive behaviours, educate people on relevant issues and improve health and well-being. Thank you, Hannah. I'm here with Aileen and Alison from Baldy Bain Theatre Company. Hello. Hello, Stuart. Hello. It's lovely to have you here. Um, could you tell me about Baldy Bain Theatre Company? Okay. Uh, I'm probably best suited to talk about it because I've been a founder member of it. And we started way back in 1991. Um, so this is our 30th year. And it's progressed over time. Because I think we thought at the beginning all we had to do was get a big cash register to put all the money into, which has uh, not been the case, as the as we know. It was good for my weight at the beginning because I was so stressed about everything that was to do with running a company um, that I was really preoccupied. and uh, My kids were really young at the time, sort of thing as well, so I was trying to be all things to all people and it it was difficult. It was really, really difficult to start with. But I think times were different then. You know, um, we started out with enthusiasm and naivety, I suppose, um, about thinking how popular we would be. And we turned out to be just so sort of thing. But there was more... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Money about, I suppose, at the time that, that schools, were, I think, were just beginning to devolve their management so they could uh, spend the money on getting theatre companies in. And I think it's progressed over time because we started out as directing, directly approaching schools um, for doing a performance in their school, and we tried to uh, incorporate the whole primary age range from primary one through to primary seven, which was a, a big ask of NMD, so I think. So we did two shows initially, and... I think it was good, high-quality drama sort of thing at the time that was was very appreciated by the the schools. So there was um, things like we were looking at the subject matter of topics that they were studying at school sort of thing, like the clearances or World War Two. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things that we did at the time sort of thing for younger people, and. It worked really well, sort of thing, and it developed over time, sort of thing, so that we got more of a, a reputation, and we got funded by um, local government and national government. So, can you remember much about it as a, a child as you were at the time? Like, well, I was obviously very. I was one when the company started, so we were a family business, um, and I just remember it being brilliant. I remember. I mean, it must have been so stressful for you, and as you say, it was such a labour of love. And it was, you know, you had to put so much into it. But for me, growing up in that environment, I just remember it being brilliant. And there was, you know, brilliant sets and costumes and so much fun. And all the friends loved coming over to our house because there was, you know, so much to play dress up with. And um, I remember one 
Christmas panto season in, in pre-production when our kitchen table was replaced by a time-travelling carousel um, and we would you know, sit down to dinner as a family of four and eat our dinner there. So I remember it just being so fantastic and then as I've grown I've done various things for the company over the years and now we, we work together um, and it has evolved so much in that time and I think I remember it at the beginning having a focus on old Scots like on the language and that was kind of what we were set up to do and that's we've evolved away from that now we do much more theatre and education um, issue based topics now and it's been really interesting to be involved in so many different um, versions of it over the years, I suppose, to, to where we are now. I think the evolution has had to... Um, the, the issues are largely the same sort of thing, but they've changed, obviously, with COVID. But over time, we've done the same plays for a long, long time, but changed the topical references in them so that it kept them up to date language-wise. And, for example... Um, way back at the beginning when we did stuff for Road Safety Scotland distractions were things like Game Boys uh, that you would have which is laughable now sort of thing you know. but it's like the distraction is the main point sort of thing so the point of distraction is, is difficult and I think trying to make things come alive I think is really important things like you know safety if you have that in inverted commas that just like I would think oh no sort of thing but it's like making it real you know so it applies to everybody that's um, involved in it sort of thing and I think it's like making your audience more aware of their own situations that they can identify with uh, their own situations their own friends their own selves sort of thing and how they behave rather than a teacher saying do do this or don't do that sort of thing or, or anybody in authority so I think it's because the we appeal to them on their level sort of thing that makes it really strong. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and humour, I think, is such a big start of part of storytelling uh-huh. that nobody wants to be you know, preached at or told this is the right thing and the wrong thing to do. And I think it's, it's such a big part of why young people do respond to our project so well is because it might be a very important, a very serious topic. It might be domestic abuse or it might be knife crime or road safety or whatever it might be very important topics that need to be covered and are you know really crucial but we always you know add in a bit of their own language a bit of comedy and I think young people really respond to that because it's just I mean for for adults as well if if you're entertained by something you're going to retain it better you're going to retain the facts and figures as well as the experience of actually enjoying it so I think that's really important thing to remember I think it's important to give uh, your audience the chance to be proactive as well that you're not just spoon feeding them the information, they're able to make up their own mind about what they're seeing and experiencing and comment on it if we have workshops it's much more interactive and I think we try and make it as accessible as possible because we were performing to whole year groups sometimes and that might be as many as 400 children at once sort of thing and that's a lot of people to deal with and if they can't see and hear then they switch off or you might have people that are really quiet who might have something to say but they don't want to project so loudly that they're the focus of attention sort of thing so we we tend to have drama workers going up and talking to them and sort of saying, like, what is it you want to say? And then they, they come back and they say, somebody here has made this point and 
it gets their voice heard sort of thing but without them having to do it themselves yeah and it's you, making sure everyone is yeah. included and everyone is heard uh-huh you know, the, the whole representation thing is really important, that people do feel that, that they've got an active part to play rather than just being spoon-fed the information. So, It sounds like you guys have had quite a, a large impact on the, the people you've been involved with. And what kind of impact have you guys seen and feedback you've had from the schools you've been in? I think there's been very specific incidents sort of thing. You know, there's been evaluation um carried out by various organisations which is is good, it shows a general trend but specific items are things like um, people coming up to the actors and saying you've no idea how much impact you had last time you were here because two people had arranged to meet someone who was a complete stranger they'd, they'd met on the internet and they were going to go down to Manchester but because of that the friends were able to um, be empowered to talk to teachers about it and police were involved so that they were stopped leaving themselves in a vulnerable position sort of thing and I think that's probably more common than than, than not it's just you, we don't always hear about it sort of thing it's like can you think of any more specific incidents? Well, yeah I mean like I think for me for everything that we do for all of our heart and soul that we put into it there was one story came out a, f- a few years ago um, it was a production that we do called Crush, um, which is well, it's it's based on a, on a lot of issues. It touches on domestic abuse, coercive control, teenage relationships, body image. There's there's a lot of themes within it, um, and it's it's a really I, I mean <laughs> I know obviously I'm going to think that, but it is a really impactful, hard hitting piece of drama. I think it's always really well received. And a few years ago, there was. Um, a couple of, of girls, third year, that had gone up to the actors afterwards and said, I now recognise this. I think my friend is in one of these controlled relationships and I don't know what to do. And the actors were able to get the school involved and we have very strict child protection procedures in place for, for when that happens. Um, and just knowing that if that was it in the 30 years that we have been doing this, if that was the only time that somebody had been helped, it would have been worth it. And for me, that's it's what makes it worthwhile getting up every day. And even just on the kind of on the less, you know, severe end of the scale, when I met my husband and told him, you know, what we do and what our family has done for the last thirty years, he remembered the company going in when he was in primary one. He remembered a play and it was he couldn't remember the name of it, but he kind of described it to me and I was able to say, oh, that was the evacuees. That was one of the very early productions that we'd done. And so many people, that because we've toured all over Scotland so many times when I meet people that didn't go to the same school as me or maybe grew up in a different local authority, the name Baldy Bain, they kind of do remember it and they go, I remember you coming to my school. And it could be, you know, 20 years later. And I think the fact that that's still in people's minds and they, they do kind of obviously take it in and... Hopefully it's for good reasons that they've actually enjoyed it and they've retained it all these years. But I think that's really exciting as well that people do remember us. That's excellent. Um, how do you think uh, Baldy Bain has changed over the years? Obviously with new technology coming in, um, a lot of the topics, as you said, you, you still do things the way that you used to. You just change the topics to kind of be up to date. But how do you feel that Baldy Bain has changed? I think we've always um, depended on the people that are connected with us, sort of thing, being more um, 
down with the kids <laughs> than than we are necessarily sort of thing. Because even you, you know, you're only thirty sort of thing, thirty one. Thank you. But, Thanks for saying only. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think when when they were teenagers, it was like things like language was really important sort of thing, and we would say things, and they would fall about laughing sort of thing about how old we sounded sort of thing. And I remember my mum talking about mod dancing. And thinking, oh my God, how how awful is that sort of thing? So, I think we've always employed younger people who are more up to the minute, more au fait with the subjects and the language and terminology around it, sort of thing. So, I think that's been important. I also think it's changed a bit because um, young people are exposed to more in the way of hazards because of internet access sort of thing. and I think that's a good thing that they're actually seeing it as a tool, they're in touch with the whole world that easily access information about whatever subject they're interested in but they're also a lot more vulnerable to exploitation and I think that's something we have to be aware of is how um, people, how strong people feel about being able to, to recognise and have the power to do something about it sort of thing and, and that might be friends it might be other people who have seen it who uh, recognise their place in protecting their friends and I think that's really really important yeah. I think it's like often you have a situation like like Aileen mentioned earlier on about the domestic abuse within um, teenage relationships often um, it's abuse of a girl by an older boyfriend sort of thing. It's not always the case, but it often is. And the the girlfriend doesn't necessarily recognise that she's in a situation of coercive control, but the friends who have been uneasy and haven't been able to do anything because she says, no, it's fine, it's just because he loves me and all that sort of thing. That's why he batters me or, or talks to me that way sort of thing. And the friends feel empowered to do that. And I think that's been increased by... The digital technology is really, yeah. you know, the exposure to it and the, the dealing with it. I think there's so many good things about it, but there's also so many potential hazards. And I think that's really important to remember as well is that, so when the company started out, when I was at school, I remember that the bogeyman was, you know, the, the stranger danger and somebody that would come to the school gates and all that sort of stuff. And it's changed so much because... Mm-hmm technology is so available we all have computers in our pockets now which we never had and you know when we were growing up there was maybe a a family computer that was you know in a public space in the living room or the kitchen or wherever it might be young people now do have access to their own private devices in their bedrooms so even something like bullying has completely changed it's not really taking place in the playground as much as it used to now it can follow you home it can come into your bedroom that used to be a place of sanctuary but I think one of the most important things that's involved in our work is absolutely making young people aware of these dangers and giving them an opportunity to explore them in a safe environment and also get help if they need it but not trying to terrify them not you know because it's technology is the way the world is moving it's such a brilliant thing and aren't we so lucky to have this technology at our fingertips so it is also about exploding how fantastic modern technology is and we've got a world of knowledge right at our fingertips and that's not to be forgotten and you don't want us coming in 
and making them all absolutely terrified to use their computers or use their phones, but just showing them how to do it safely and in a healthy way. So I think it, it has changed a lot, but it's up to us to change with the times and make sure that we are constantly adapting and making sure that our work is relevant. I think it's important as well, the fact that I've been with the company for 30 years, I think, but I'm very, I've got very um, firm opinions about things and the world has changed. So I think it's good to have an actual evolution of people who are involved with the company sort of thing. And I think the the fact that you are so close to what has happened and you've taken time over it, I think that's really important that we, we, we continue to embrace that. We don't hold ourselves back by being um, stuck in the past sort of thing because nobody wants that. Nobody's going to... Um, employ that or engage that sort of thing you know and it's not going to have any relevance to people sort of thing so I think that's what we want all the time is our audiences to grow but we in turn grow with it sort of thing I think that's really important. So what does the the future hold for Baldy Bain Theatre Company? Well I think Elin knows more about that because she's the way forward. (laughs) Well it's I think as it is for most people it's a bit of a time of transition for us as well um, my mum is going to be retiring this year, um, which has actually been pushed back a wee bit due to COVID, um, which I'm very grateful for that you're still kind of helping us through this transition period. I think, I hope that there's a lot of exciting things to come. It is, we're, we're being very cautious and we're, you know, needing to make sure that we're doing everything correctly. The past year has been difficult for us as it has been for everybody not just in the arts but for everybody it's been a very difficult time for schools as well and it's you know for a while there we just kind of had to shut down our our, uh, pantomime tour that was due to take place in um, November December uh, 2020 had to be postponed until this year and that's that was a bit of a kicker because we we love doing pantomime so much when when we do all these really important hard-hitting issue-based topics all year pantomime's the one where we just kind of get to really enjoy it and let our hair down a wee bit. So we're, we have announced that we're going to be rescheduling for, for this festive period. So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be a nice way to get back into the, the swing of things and it's just making sure that we can do it safely. And I think for schools as well, for teachers, for school staff and for the pupils, what a nice thing to look forward to after such a difficult year. Um, we are really looking forward to, if it is safe to do so, being able to, to do that as a as a whole school. So we're really looking forward to that. We also have um, a few other things in development at the minute that we're really excited about. Um, and I think that's quite a new way of working for us. But as is the case with, with COVID, you need to adapt. We can't just keep pushing forward, hoping that things will go back to the way it was pre-COVID and hoping that everything will be okay. We we know that, you know, organisations that do adapt and change are the ones that are surviving and thriving. So, yeah, we hope to follow suit. I think it's important that we re-engage with people. So I, think, I think COVID has taken precedence over everything and it's, understandably, it's had a significant impact. So it doesn't mean that we're any less good than we were before. It just means, as Aileen says, that we have to adapt. But we have to re-engage with people, sort of thing, and, and 
recognise our other people have to recognise that we have a part to play. It's not a an icing on the cake thing. It's it's a strong way of putting a message across. And I think it's trying to make people aware of that when all else is feelings sort of thing and they're just coping with the day-to-day stuff. You know, I think that's important. I, I understand and my heart goes out to people like teachers and pupils sort of thing and, and it's not just schools that we deal with sort of thing, we deal with all sorts of people in the community, including the Southside Fringe um, but even that has taken its toll sort of thing it's like not being able to engage the community at all um, over the last wee while sort of thing and that's been really difficult because I think that's is in the same light as Elon was talking about the pantomime it's like when you're involved in Southside Fringe it's really important to be part of your community, to have fun, to enjoy sunny days and ice creams and and music and arts and things. It's all really positive stuff that I think we've forgotten how to enjoy over the last wee while. Well, Aileen, Alison, thank you very much for joining me and we look forward to seeing um, the future of Baldy Bain Theatre Company. That's thank great. you very much. Thank you very much, Stuart. That was Stuart McVie speaking to Aileen and Alison from Baldy Bain Theatre. We are now going to close the episode with Love Songs on the Radio, a song by multidisciplinary artist Robert Turner. Love Songs on the Radio is the last song in a series of Hades songs that were written as part of a devised performance exploring the Greek myth of Hades and Persephone. Robert is part of the Southside-based music network Blue Tongue Collective. Thank you for tuning in to Southside Fringecast. If you liked what you heard, give us a quick review, hit subscribe and join the conversation. You like a seal
wait now And I can't sort of love Oh, the goddamn time You like a, a canal Like a northern pylon Wondering how you got so far You're tired